Number two, take care of yourselves, right? So think of you guys, um, anyone ever been in a lifeguard? Or what's the first rule of being a lifeguard? Don't, don't drown. <laughs> take care of yourself, right? Because a drowning person will drown you with them. Right, you got somebody who's, whether it's metaphorically or literally, they're circling the drain, they're gonna take you with them. That's why people climb up water towers and shoot people, right? Because they're that miserable and they want everyone else to suffer with them. Uh, there's a really good TED talk uh, from one of the Columbine mothers and she was saying that her son wasn't suicidal, or rather, he wasn't homicidal, he was suicidal. He was in so much pain that he just wanted to inflict it upon everybody else. Right, so if you get to a point, and you could get to that point, because I believe me, I'm, the things that you will see, or the things that you have seen, they're hard to get out of your head. You know, and, and for me it's not, I'm used to seeing uh, adults and older people dead, that's just, that's life, right? The thing that got me was kids. Kids in landmine fields, all blown up, and you're just like, what am I gonna do? Right, pilot, PJ, please fly faster. And that's all I can do, because this kid's got three degree burns. I got his father in the back of the helicopter, he's crying. I'm looking at him, I'm looking at my buddy, he's crying, like everybody in the back of the helicopter was like, there's nothing we could do, right? And so I'm just like, <sighs> you just keep on breathing, you keep on going, and you keep on doing what you can do, right? And as a medic, say you get lost, go back to the head, go back to A, go back to wherever you think that it was, the last thing you can remember, and start from there. Don't get, well, I'm just gonna give up, I'm just gonna stop. You cannot, you guys need to have the willpower of two people, maybe three, because the person you're working on is dying and they're getting ready to give up. You need not to let them do that, so you talk to them. I think of like when I'm treating a kid and I'm at their level and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, I'm letting them know what I'm doing, right? When I'm working on my patients, or when I did work on my patients, I'm telling them what I'm doing so that way they hear a competent voice, a confident voice, if this dude's not scared, maybe I'm not either. Uh, saved a dude out in the South China Sea, got wiped off, a ship was out at sea, waves were crashing on us, and I hop in to go get him, and I'm having a blast, because this is my dream, 20-foot waves are just crashing on us, and I'm like, I'm here from the government, I'm here to help. And he's like, because, you guys ever seen that movie, where if anyone ever comes to you, this is knowledge, don't they teach you shit in the army anymore? Anytime someone says, I'm here from the government, I'm here to help, go the other way. They are not, they're gonna kill you, it's done, right? And so in the debrief, he's like, I was really scared until I noticed this dude was smiling at me, and I figured, well, if he's not scared, I'm not scared, right? So that's what you need to be for your patients. You need to be confident for them and save them and be like, hey, it's gonna be okay. Maybe it's not gonna be okay. Maybe they are fucked and they are dying. It's gonna be okay, right? Okay, cool. What can I do? What can't I do? And you do the best you can. And then when you get home at night, you go to sleep knowing you did the best you can, right? You can go over it. So I live in a three-day rule. Today, tomorrow, and yesterday. All that matters is today. If I don't get through today, then what's tomorrow, right? But what happened yesterday? What can I learn? What did I do wrong? What did I do good? All right? Did that? All right? Bam, go to sleep. Get rest. Because the most important thing you can do is be well-rested for what you need to do. Because if you're sleep-deprived, that's why they do that to you in POW camps. Anyone done this here? Right, they keep you up so that way you make mistakes. And most Americans, the reason that we make so many mistakes is we're sleep deprived and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and then you try caffeine to stay awake or blah, blah, blah and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse, right? You cannot do that, you need sleep. Sleep is, a, rest is important, right? A lot of guys, or people here lift weights? 
right? How important is the rest period to the lifting period? Just as important. And I want to say it's probably even more important because nobody's getting the rest they need. Why? Because everybody has got one of these things. And this thing keeps you up at night because, oh, shoot, dude, there's a new TikTok. Or, oh, the, oh dude, the, the new episode came out on Netflix. I have to stay up and watch it. And next thing you know, it's 3 o'clock in the morning and you're screwed, right? I was lucky. I was born before these things existed. So to me, this is a tool, right? But look at your young soldiers that you're working with. This is everything. You have to get people off this. This is not healthy, it's not happy, and it's not helping us. Because instead of, we could be carrying cancer, but no, oh dude, I got Super Smash, or whatever some stupid game that people play is on. And I'm not saying, don't play a game. You wanna play solitaire, you wanna play whatever, right? But limit it. Moderation in all things, except for underwaters, right? So we, we swam a lot in underwaters, and so when I teach people, I'm like, you can't do enough underwaters, right? So whatever it is that is your passion or is your thing, plants or, or something, you can't do enough of that, right? Take out at least an hour out of your day to do something for yourself, to go take a nap, to go sit under a tree, to read a book, to help a friend, to lift weights, to go swimming, to go walk, whatever it is that, that moves you or makes you feel good or helps you have a better day, please do it. Right? If you find that you're having trouble, so I would always take 30 days of leave, I would take it once, once a year. Right? Now just go to Hawaii for the month, go surfing, everything's happy, no worries. Right? As I got older, I started noticing that like, I needed to get out of there every three or four months or I was going to kill somebody. Right? When you start getting to that, I'm so angry, I'm going to kill somebody, so, so I started taking leave at two and a half months. Right? Before I got to my threshold of where I wanted to choke somebody out, I was like, right? And I know you guys are like, but you look so peaceful. I'm a very peaceful person, but I got some anger things going on. But I'm doing better with it. I go to counseling. She's a counselor. I highly recommend counseling. Uh, I know a lot of people are scared of counseling. You're like, oh, I don't want to talk about it, right? You can talk about whatever you want. You can go talk shit about everybody in your office for an hour a week and just be like, oh, dude, that feels good. you know. And then... Once you get over all the petty shit that you need to get out, then you can start working on the big stuff that you need to work on, which is what happened to you during childhood, how you hate your parents because they weren't good to you, right? The quicker you can not hate your parents and stop not blaming them and take it, everything that you've done since 18 is you. Every single thing. It's not this guy's problem you didn't get promoted. It's not this person's problem. Everything is you. And if you see it as you, you're able to handle it better and you're able to grow more. Versus if you're always blaming somebody. Even if it's blaming somebody for something. Don't blame anybody for anything. It's all on me. Everything that's happened, it's me. And, and I believe that if you can do that, and, and if you date somebody or marry somebody or with somebody or just have a battle buddy, you need somebody that you can talk to and tell everything to. Like, I mean everything. All the things. So my plan was always, I talk to him about this, her about this, boom, boom, boom. It's compartmentalized, right? Nobody, it's a need to know basis. So that way not everyone's like, thanks, dude, you were fucked up, right? She's like, well, he's okay, he's okay. But then you put the story together, dude, right? But the best thing is you have friends that are fucked up. So you hang out with them, it's a good gauge because then you're like, really, I'm not that fucked up. Because <laughs> I know a lot of vets. That, you know, DV stands for dang vets, right? Because dang vets are like the worst, most entitled, most angry, salty, crusty people on the planet because we went and defended this shithole and now look where it's at, right? And it's like, oh, 
And that's a hard thing to do. But there are a lot of people who are happy. When I was on my deployments, I got a buddy named Larry. All right, I grew up in a place, uh, northern, north central coast of California. And my buddy Larry is in the 80s, 90s. He looked like he was from 1972 Florida, right? He had a mullet, he had some kind of weird woodpecker tattoo and a perpetual Floridian burn, and he, but he never missed a swell. And so while I'm sitting over there in sandy places without beaches, right? So if you guys ever make general or something, invade like Fiji or someplace <laughs> it's cool to have sand, but has a beach, I can't take dirt anymore. And so I knew that he was there surfing. So in my heart, I'm like, Larry's catching waves, somebody's surfing, I'm happy, right? It's my turn to defend this place. I'll go do it because it's the best thing we've got. It's the best thing on this planet. And it's as good as it gets, right? If you're here, if you're in the military, if you live in Texas, if you're, you have an education, you've won the lottery, right? We all won the lottery. Now there are places we could be, Hawaii, Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, those are better places, but this is as good as it gets. So you build, and if you don't like the world you're in, then you need to make it the world that you want it to be. You don't settle for, you know, and let things go and slide. You always do the right thing. If you always do the right thing, it always works out in the end. And if you're dead, then it doesn't matter. And so, boom. Right? So you're always taking care of your patient. You're always taking care of yourself. It's perpetual and it builds and it grows. If you're not in your books learning, you're going to let people die. Right? The used to be the um, poster that was like, every day that you're not training, the true believer is. Right? You're going to meet that dude and he's going to kill you because he's been training and he's got nothing left to do. He's been throwing rocks. He's got nothing left. So what does he care, right? You're never gonna fight with anyone uglier than you, right? Because they got something that you're like, I'm a good looking dude, I'm not fighting, he's way too, no, you're a good looking dude. But, well, because I was pointing, so I didn't want anyone to be like, what's he saying? This right. I know that for a fact, the United States Army didn't take anybody, but you gotta be a handsome person to get in, or a good looking person. Air Force, same way, we don't take ugly people, right? We send them to the Navy and the Marine Corps. <laughs> right? Or, or when I tell people, hey, if you're in anything other than the Marine Corps, you're doing all right. Because always a rifleman, you ain't going nowhere but death. Uh, my grandfather was a UTT guy in the Navy during World War II, and he watched Marines just die. And he's like, nobody in his family has ever joined the Marine Corps. And, and I'm a firm believer in it because life has value. Right? I'll give my life for anybody in here, but I'm giving it for somebody so they can live. I'm not doing it so we can just all die. And uh, medics as a whole, right? General Mathis said, you gotta know how to kill everybody. Well, we also have to know how to save everybody, right? You gotta sit in malls and watch people walk by and go, oh, that's gonna be a hard intubation on that dude. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. You, that's what you need to do so that way when you get there, you're like, right? Breathe, go, done. Get in there, be brief, be brilliant, and be gone. Save those people. Get in there as quick as you can. So be good on your medicine. Be good on uh, your tactics. Be good on everything that you can be that makes you a good soldier so that way you can come home. That's the important thing, right? Bruce Lee said, there is no defeat as long as you learn. Army Field Manual says, there's no defeat as long as you survive, right? So learn and live and go on, make the world a better place, and teach other people, right? Just because... I know everything medicine, if I don't share it with him, what am I doing, right? I'm not making the world a better place. I'm not making the army a better place. I'm just taking care of me. And all those people that take care of them, eh, you know, end up higher ranking. Um, that's why I stopped at E7. I felt that was the last 
legitimate, safe rank that you can make without having to do too much. Sells <laughs> selling of your soul, but that's just me. But um, so, if you want to know, uh, my dad he made, he was a command sergeant major. He was Tommy Franks' head of security when he retired, and so people are like, well, "What happened to you?" And I'm like, "I had a brain, dude. I didn't want to be in charge of nothing. I like rescuing people. The best rank ever was E4, right? All I did was fly around in a helicopter and rescue people. I didn't write appraisals. I wasn't responsible for anything." I just was having life, getting drunk, falling out of airplanes, and getting paid to do it, right? So if you can get paid to do what you love, you will never work a day in your life. So if this isn't the job you like, find another job. Or if this is the job you like, get better at it. Teach everybody, share everybody. All that need to know, we all need to know. We need to share, and that's how you grow, and that's how people grow. And so back to saying that you need to find someone you can talk to, so that way you can get rid of whatever is on there or is bothering you, you know? Um, you spend money on supplements, you spend money on the gym, you spend money on your car, why wouldn't you spend time on mental health, right? We look at mental health as like, that dude's crazy, right? You have to be just a little bit crazy to survive because if you're trying to make sense of war, good luck. They've been writing books about it for a thousand years and nobody's made any sense of why we're doing what we're doing, right? So if we can learn to communicate, Right? But I understand sometimes things need to be killed. That's just the way shit goes. But if we can communicate, if we can talk to each other, if I can understand me, if I can understand you, right? If I can understand you, then I can understand other things. If you can see things from different points of view, doesn't mean that they're right. Doesn't mean they're somebody is a Trump fan, somebody's a Biden fan, somebody likes Pelosi, somebody is it gonna kill you to talk to them? No, right? They're just people. Listen. Uh, anyone ever done any improv? All right, do you know the number one rule of improv? Don't say no, just go with what the other person says. Yes and. This is exactly what he said, but a different way of saying it, right? Yes and. So whatever people say, I believe in aliens. Yes and. I believe in, yes and. Whatever they believe, as long as they're not burning crosses or hanging people or doing shit that they shouldn't be doing, they can have whatever beliefs they want, right? It does not hurt me that you have wrong thoughts. Flat earthers, right? They're like, oh, the earth is flat. At least they're thinking, right? I'm not saying they're right, but at least they're thinking. And that's what we need. Nobody is thinking, right? The Air Force paid me to think. Uh, Jesuit priests taught me to think. The Air Force paid me to think. I had, because I, I, every time I went to go rescue somebody, and does anyone know what a nine line really stands for? Anyone speak German? Nine means no. The nine line was never what the nine line said it was going to be. You guys have nine lines? Yes. Yeah. Right? When it's, anyone showed up and your nine line was correct. The guy was shot. The guy was this. The guy was actually, it was something other than what they told you it was. Anybody? All right, one guy. Jesus, right here, walking on water. The one guy in a room full of 45 people, they had a nine line that was correct. So, okay, yeah, we're expecting a gunshot or expecting something. At least said no. No? Well, no, it's all right. Well, I mean, like, there's been way over exaggeration when it came down to nine lines or any kind of report. And, and sometimes guys got to do that, right? No one's, we went and picked up a guy in the Panjshir Valley who the Army wouldn't go because it said it was too dangerous, and, but the Air Force went. Just saying. <laughs> so we flew up there to go pick up this poor uh, Sergeant Major who'd lost his thumb. I think he got shot or it hit a door. Somehow he lost it. So we came in, picked him up. Took him. This guy's like giving us hugs. I love you. I love the Air Force. Because we valued his thumb. The army's like, nah, he can live without it. 
And we're like, no, we'll go. You know, and, and unfortunately, I've had friends that have died because we said that we would go, and the weather probably wasn't good, and we probably shouldn't have gone, but our motto is that others may live, right? It's not about me, it's about them. It's not about you, it's about them. So you do what you can. Um, anyone seen Hacksaw Ridge? Right? I mean, just like a required it, it, I, it's a beautiful movie, and it's a beautiful concept. You know, everybody's trying to kill everybody, I'm just here to help people. And as a PJ, that's what I was, right? I carried guns, I'm as trained as a SEAL, but my entire job is rescue and bringing people home. So I only pulled my gun on one person my entire career, right? And I was like, oh, what's that? And I, I really thought about shooting this person, uh, but I didn't, and I'm happy that I didn't. And I feel okay about it, you know? And I'm here to help people. I'm a kamikaze with no, nothing to hit, and I'm just flying through life as fast as I can. And that's what war was for what it was for me. Like, bullets were flying at me all the time, RPGs coming, everything was crazy, but I was here to help. I come in peace, right? So I, I try to put off this peace vibe that like, I'm, don't start no shit, won't be no shit, right? If I won't start the war, but I'll finish it. But it's all in defense. And, and I think that whatever is in your conscience, I can live with that, right? Um, you're in the army, so you have a different point of view. You might have something different to do, but do what you can to keep yourselves alive. The Italian Navy believes that if they didn't kill anybody that day, that it's a good day, right? Because I, I work with uh, rescue swimmers, and they're kind of like us, but they also are gunners, and they do other things. And he was like, no, no, no. If, if we kill somebody, it's a bad day. Like, they don't want, I mean, I'm not saying shoot somebody in the leg, because that's not smart, but... I'm saying that like when I was going through INDOC, which is our special forces indoctrination course, and somebody's like, what are you gonna do if you have to kill somebody? And I was like, oh. And, and I know dudes that have later on in their careers quit because they're like, I don't wanna kill anybody anymore, I'm done. And so I went to bed that night and had sleep, uh, had sleep, had a dream. And in my dream, I was a PJ in Vietnam. And I got off my helicopter and there was an NBA and I shot him and then I took him prisoner and I woke up and I said, that's what I'm gonna do. I would just shoot the people, take them prisoner, and I'll call it good that way. Is it realistic? I don't know, but it's how I was able to make my mind go, it's okay, what do I gotta do, right? You do what you have to do, and then you deal with it later. Um, I come from also a family of cops. My dad retires also as the chief of police, and my mom was a uh, gang and drug cop in uh, Lompoc, California, which is a shithole. It's next to a federal penitentiary. Uh, it's the new Compton, like it's just not a good place. And uh, one of their friends of theirs, friends of the family, was like, your shift is over when you hang up your gear, right? So you don't deal with anything that's going on in that moment. It's, it's not blood, it's water, it's oil, it's anything other than what it is. And you're not thinking about it. And then when you get home, you hang up your gear, you find a friend, and you're like, dude, I need to talk. Like, can I talk to you? Right, and you're there for that person. But then when that person needs somebody to talk to, you're there for them too, right? You have to, you, you, I need to know that I'm gonna die with you and I'm okay with it, right? Because, but we're not gonna die, why? Because we're fucking in the army and we're gonna make it. We're gonna survive, we're gonna make everything up. It's always perpetual hope. Even when you say there is no hope, there is still hope because you said there is no hope. It's all about hope, that's what you represent to people. You, whether you believe in a God or not, you work for whoever is dying. You work for their God because they're praying, please, God, send someone to help me. You're answering their prayers, right? So all gods matter. So once again, yes and, right? Does it hurt me if you're a Baptist or a Presbyterian or a Muslim or a Catholic or whatever? Nope, yes. 
I'd rather you believe in something than nothing. Because if you believe in something, then you have something kind of like a moral code or something versus if you're like, it doesn't matter, we're all going to die anyway, bleh. Right? I'm just going to do whatever I want. And that's where most of America's at. But not us, because we said, hey, I'll defend it, I'll protect it, it's worth it. And it is worth it, because it's a beautiful place. We just need to, you know, fix it up a little bit. <laughs> but that's okay, because other countries have problems too. Everybody on this planet has a problem. I don't know what it is, but it's something, and you gotta work on it. And if we all worked on ourselves, I wanted to start this organization called PullYourOwnWeight.org, because I think that we are 30 seconds away from world peace if everybody would just do whatever they're supposed to do for the reason that they came here, right? The, the greatest day in a person's life is the day you're born and the day you figure out why you were born. Why am I here? What am I doing? I'm supposed to make the world a better place. That's it. I make people smile, I make people happy, I'm, I help, I give knowledge, whatever I can do, what can I do for you, right? You, servant leadership, you're here for them, right? Even if they're, I'm not talking about, so I believe in submit to none, but service to all. I don't submit to nothing, but I would do the right thing. I believe Jesus was a positive nihilist and would have liked the book Fight Club had he read it if Tyler Durden was just a little bit more happier and nonviolent. Um, I used to work at, are you guys mostly from, I mean, I guess you're all from Texas, but from Austin? No? All over? So uh, three years ago, they used to have a surf park called the Inland Surf Park, and I got a job there. It's made, so let me tell you this. All right. So uh, 2013, my best friend gets blown up in Afghanistan. I'm kind of a wreck. They send me in mental health. It takes mental health, like, probably about two minutes, but after two hours of talking to him, they're like, well, you have PTSD. And I'm like, oh, obviously, yeah. No idea. I thought I had ADD like everybody else and just was like, whoo, squirrel, right? So they start talking to me and start asking questions and just all this stuff, you know, and I'm like, ugh. So by 2015, 2016, my boss doesn't like me because on Mondays I have anger management, on Tuesdays I have a PTSD group, and on Thursdays I have a psychiatrist and I'm talking to. And this is about the only reason why nobody died is because three days out of the week I'm talking to somebody about all the people they want to kill. And they're like, whoo. And so they end up giving me a dog, and people are like, what's the dog do? I said, well, no one's dead. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so we did dog. So the dog and I just retired last week, right? So I took the dog back to where he came from in Colorado. He's chasing rabbits and cats and living peacefully. And I told me he'd never have to see another sad person again um, because we work with sad people. Um, I got a lot of vet, veteran-type friends, and they're missing legs. They're missing things, and they're very sad and unhappy. And so the dog is with me with unhappy people all the time. So since he and I retired, I promised him, I'm like, dude, you're free. Go be happy. Don't worry about it. We're good, right? We've done what we needed to do. We came here. We helped the world. Take a break, right? It's too much. And so anyone like Quentin Tarantino? Okay, so I tell stories like this, and then I come back, and then you, you blab <laughs> until you remember where you were going to. And I remembered at Quentin Tarantino, but I just still went with Quentin Tarantino. So they built a wave pool here. So for a year, so they fired me, all right? So I sued the government, and the judge ruled with me and said that he believed the government was lying too. And so for a year, they paid me to not work. It was awesome. But I still kept doing my job and still working with young people to train them to go for special forces to do what they wanted to do in their life. And I had this plan of using Inland Surf Park as like the ultimate wave machine for teaching people. And I got three dudes into the Coast Guard through it. But it was awesome. Every two minutes, 
they would drag a snowplow through the middle of this 600-yard uh, lagoon, and it would make a six-foot wave. And I've, I've been barreled and seen God in the middle of Texas, right? I'm just, the wave was on me, and I popped out, and I saw clouds and blue sky, and God smiled at me, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm in the middle of Texas catching a wave, right? It's like, oh, right? I, I'm from California originally, and if you squint, the hill country kind of looks like California, and there's so many Californians here now that it basically is California, so I apologize. The only part of California that I still claim is there's a road called the PCH, Pacific Coast Highway, and it goes all the way up. Everything on the left side of it is good. Everything on the right side of it is Arizona, Nevada, or Oregon. It's not worth it, right? But on the left side, it's really nice, and that's where I grew up, and I love it. And so this is where it gets back to being just a little bit crazy. So if I kind of just do this and squint, I'm in California. I'm driving down the road. I'm somewhere other than Texas. Um, you know, I believe that David Crockett is rolling over. Well, he's burned, so he's all ashes. But if he was, if he could roll over. He'd be like, I died for this. So people could pay 40 bucks to park and toll roads all over Houston? Like, no, man. You were defending freedom. <laughs> but take care of yourselves. <laughs> Humor, right? Humor has gotten me a long way. And I probably piss off a lot of people or at least offend a lot of people. But if I have not offended anybody, then I've been doing my job because it's a free country, right? You should be so like, God, that motherfucker is so free. How is he a free? In fact, I'm thinking about changing my last name to Freeman because I am retired. They are now paying me, and I'm never working another day in my life. I'm going surfing. I'm going farming. I'm being happy. I'm hanging out with her. I'm talking to you guys and saying, if you can do 20, do 20, right? If you can't do 20, you guys are in the guards. You guys are smart already, right? You've said, active duty, screw that. I'm going guard. I'm going reserve. If you do 181 days a year, what is that called? A good year. And what's a good year? A good year. All right. <laughs> I did 10 years active. I did 10 years reserve. And I got me an active duty retirement because I had 10 good years. Actually, I should have more than that, but good years. Right? Do not work till 62. Do not work till 65. Do not, like... Get out as soon as you can. Go to school, start a business, do whatever you want with your life. You've earned it, right? You've done, you've done things, you've seen things. Trust me, I'm telling you, you've earned your freedom. Go be free, go be happy. Do what you want to do with the second half of your life, right? While you're in this, it's like a poker game, right? I'm not, I'm not looking for the biggest pot. I'm just looking for <laughs> pot. Uh, I'm just enough for me, what do I need, right? I, I drive a Volkswagen, it's a diesel, it's 55 miles a gallon. It kind of looks like a Beamer. It's about $20,000 cheaper than a Beamer. I'm happy with it, I don't need a Beamer, right? I don't need, has anyone seen the luxury apartments that they're building? I, I haven't been, so with COVID, I used to come here a lot, now we don't come here at all. I don't think we've been here in a year. So the skyline, I'm just like, what happened to Austin? And I, and I know what happened to Austin, but California. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's horrible. It's been Californicated. It's you can't even see the dome of the Capitol building. There's so many. Uh, it just hurts, right? So move out to Bandera, <laughs> move away from people. Go be happy. Do what you can, right? Are you guys budgeting? You guys taking part of the TSP? They, ma they match my last, right, 7%. They match it. Take advantage of that. 
right? Save your money, do what you can. The more rank you make, save that money. Don't get used to spending it. Don't be like, oh, I need the newest, biggest. I just need enough, right? What do you need? When, when we were coming in, I would, we would only occupy the territory that we needed to, right? We only need this corridor to get through. I don't need all this, right? I'm not a platoon or a division. There's three of us, so we only need this to protect. As long as we're safe, we're good, right? Me, we, they. On the helicopter, it was me. Am I good? Okay. Are we good? Okay. Are they good? And if you ever get like in anxiety or PTSD or something's going on and you're like, ah, you're are you safe? Yes. All right. Are we safe? Yes. All right. Expand your circle. Keep breathing. I find that when I'm having trouble with something, I'm not breathing properly. Breathing properly is slow in through the nose, out through the nose. Now I'm running or doing something in the nose, out the mouth, but it's still as slow as possible to keep my heart rate down, to keep my oxygenation going to my brain so that way I'm relaxed versus when it's going too fast, this isn't working and this isn't working, right? If these aren't working, I'm a mess. But if I'm breathing, check my pulse. I'm good, we're good, and then continue, right? I'm not saying you always have to talk to yourself like that, but I have found myself uh, recently kind of having to do that. We were in a car accident about like three weeks ago. They, there's another reason by Volkswagens. This lady plows into us in the back uh, at a stoplight, just, and I, and I looked, I'm like, you okay? Yeah, all right. So we got out of the car, went around, her car, the whole front end is smashed. Her uh, airbag went off, and I'm looking at my car. There isn't even a scratch where she hit us. Right? The angels were working overtime that night, and just were like, boom, and and it didn't happen. But she needed to talk to me because she told me as we're sitting there waiting for the cops that she was told five years ago um, that she was going to die of cancer, and she's on her fourth year. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? You should be happy and like. If you're gonna die, you're gonna die, right? We're all gonna die sometime, but don't be miserable and sitting in your room and making other people miserable. If you're that unhappy, uh, anyone ever heard of a band called Suicidal Tendencies? <clears throat> One of the greatest punk bands that ever come out, right? Suicidal for life. It all ends in death, we're all gonna die anyway, so Pete Rose that motherfucker in, right? Be happy and do as much as you can. Go Airborne, go Ranger, go SF, go whatever you wanna do. Go to, I went to Army Combat Dive School. I love that place, it was a great time. Right? Do everything you can, and if you die, you die. It doesn't matter. Because no one knows what's going to happen anyway, so yes and. Yes and. What, what do we got next? What are we doing? Live your life every single day, because every single day that you are alive is a good day. Every day above ground is a good day. Can you do this? It's a good day. Did most of us not die today? It's a good day. Right? Did I not have to kill anybody today? It's a good day. Did nobody kill me today? It's a good day. Whatever level that you need to have that this is a good day and that you're in a good, safe place, please grab onto that and go with it. Because that's what we need. We need a little bit of hope. We need a smile. If I walk by the hallway and just mean mug somebody, they're going to mean mug me back. But if I walk down the hall and smile at somebody, I got a 50 50 shot that they're going to smile. They might think I'm, there's something wrong with me, but at least I got a shot. You know, 20 years ago, there was no such thing as resting bitch face. Like, everybody has this. When you're driving down the road, look at people. And they're just, or go to Walmart. All the mouth breathers, right? <laughs> just watch them and say, 
whew, I'm going to breathe in and out my nose more often. Right? I was a mouth breather. I taught myself to breathe in and out of my nose. I, I'm self-taught or self-mutilated on all kinds of things. But it's constant learning because learning is growing and growing is learning. And you just have to keep going. You can't be, well, I'm happy being with my friends that we just drink all the time and don't do anything. You got to do something. You have to do something for yourself. Drinking is fun, but it's not good or healthy for you, right? If you have a reason to drink, you shouldn't be drinking. That's why I had to quit drinking because I had too many reasons to drink. So I'm like, I can't drink, right? And I'm not, I don't feel I'm an addict. I don't, it's nothing like that. Uh, at one time, so I got an artificial disc. Um, I got TBIs out the wazoo, so I can always blame that for the way I am. Um, it's for a good excuse, so you're like, oh, TBIs, oh, TBIs. <laughs> so do what you can, don't get broke. Don't get broke, don't get old. Like those are the two things I'm here to tell you. I'm from the future, don't do those things, right? Stay as young as you can, stay happy. Think about kids, right? Three-year-old, five-year-old, they're just happy. They don't care, they don't know why, they're just boom, right? Um, so I wore my shirt. My buddy Mark uh, owns a surf shop in San Diego and it's called the Happy Battle Surf Company. And the first time I'm like, hey Mark, what's a happy battle? He says, life is a happy battle. He says, every day you have to wake up and you have to want to be happy. You have to fight to be happy and that's how you're gonna be happy. You can't, it's not just gonna happen. Because I remember being three, five, 11 years old and you're just happy. Why are you happy? I'm just happy, I'm alive, right? Then life happens, school, parents, blah, 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 whatever. Things happen and then you have to learn to be happy. So learn to be happy, learn to be content, learn to be friendly, learn to help each other, learn to be quality people versus, you know, just like a vampire. And we all, I don't know if you guys, I know a lot of vampires who just suck your energy out and just take. And, and it's not good and it's not good. But at the same time, I fill up my cup, I fill up her cup, I fill up her cup, she fills up my cup. Everybody is helping with their cups to help each other, right? If you need all that stuff and we need to share it and we need to learn the lessons and you need to keep going on and then um, eventually you stop talking and then the people are like really happy. <laughs> so stay in the books, stay in yourselves, talk to each other, talk to other people, work out, run, do whatever you need to do to take care of yourself so that way you can be the best medic and take care of other people. Any questions? I told him I'd give him 45 minutes and usually, so we go to a med hold for the Air Force, it's basic trainees and they're in med hold. And so some of them get stuck there for weeks, months. Uh, the longest one, the very first day I went to Medhold to go speak was uh, this kid, he'd been in there 13 months, he had eight waivers, and he'd finally gotten through, and he was gonna go be an air traffic controller at Keesler, and he was so happy, and and uh, he says, how long you been here? A week. How long you been here? Two days, and these kids look like they've been in like a gulag or something, you know? <laughs> and I was just like, what is wrong? I'm like, this dude, if this guy can get out of here, Anybody can get out of here. So it's how bad do you want it? So like we tell them like look when you go to the doctors you say yes, sir No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am, and you endear them to you. How can you help me? I want to stay in I know I'm in mid hold. I know I look like every other loser that's there, but really I want to join Please help me and if you tell people the best thing you can do is one ask for help 
but two, ask somebody that doesn't like you for help, right? And then what are they gonna do? They have to help you, otherwise they're a dick, right? <laughs> so then, maybe they'll like you. Um, when I got back from paramedic, uh, and I came, they, they put me on, my, on a check ride, and I failed everything. What happened was, I left my water in my, um, my Camelback, and I, I was going to paramedic for like six months, and I just grabbed it, and I didn't even realize that I hadn't filled it. It was still filled. So I'm in the back of the helicopter, and I take a sip, and, I just, and so the next thing I know, I'm just throwing up everywhere, and they're like, you need to keep working on your guy. I'm like, blah, blah, blah. So I totally failed the whole thing. But what was awesome was I then got to ride with that guy who, who thought I was a horrible loser. <laughs> and then rode with him for the next two weeks. Every night we were flying. And it was awesome because I got back into flying. I hadn't flown in six months because I'd been a paramedic just doing, you know, paramedic stuff. And so getting to get back with him and then him getting to see me and then him passing on his knowledge and me getting, and then he liked me. Right? But he didn't like me that, one, that first day. He'd never met me before. He's like, this dude is horrible. But once he saw it, he's like, oh, all right. He's a little out there, but he's not that bad. Right? So if you can make somebody understand you or at least be like, he's a good medic. He does his job. Yeah, he's a little bit out there. Like for the first two years of my Air Force career, I had a blonde mohawk. And we all just were like, but the, the thing was, was I just put enough goo in it to keep it down, and then nobody knew. Right? I'm not saying you have to do that or my sideburns were always too long. During Katrina, I actually got busted. I was a team leader and they stopped letting me be a team leader that day because my sideburns were too long. And they're like, we can't trust you to do the thing because your sideburns are too long. I'm like, well, all right, that's fine. Because in my line of work, the team member is the one who gets to do all the pickups and the team leader has to sit there and go, doing a good job. <laughs> so I never wanted to be in charge because I like rescuing people, I like helping people. Um, anyone ever heard of Katrina? I know you guys are a little bit younger than me. <laughs> so during Katrina, I just got back from um, Afghanistan. We were in Kandahar. We went 22 days straight with nobody that we could save. Like everybody was dead. And we got back, we're on our comp time, and I'm like, Ugh. you know, and I, I don't figure out that I have PTSD in 2013 when I'm so injured that I can't outrun any of my injuries anymore. But in 2005, I'm just messed up enough, but I'm okay because I got two boys I'm raising on my own and I got a job, and so I'm just staying busy and doing what I need to do. So then they say, hey, pack your bags, we're going. And the way that I know, like a lot of people like to shit on the federal government for Katrina, I will tell you that we launched within 18 hours without orders, right? I have never gone anywhere, done anything without orders that were written, stamped, and gone through some stupid line that, you know, asked wills and all that kind of stuff. We launched and went and went down to Katrina and everybody was there. Like there was dudes from Denver, the Highway Patrol from California, the, like everybody was there helping, right? And within, it took us six hours to fly from Vegas to where I was stationed at the time to New Orleans. And as soon as we landed, threw off the stuff, threw off the extra things and just went down there and started picking up people. And it was insane. Like everything was underwater, on fire, smoke everywhere, just, Insanity. I'd never, I'd seen typhoons. I've been in a couple, done a couple. I was in the Philippines and I was in Africa in 2000 for a typhoon and it was all bad. And but we used to do before the war, we did rotations in New Orleans and so we could keep up our stuff. You know, I, I, sh I worked on a dude who's been shot five times. I didn't know how that dude survived, but they hit everything that was non vital. I'm like, you are lucky, dude. And then I picked up a couple dudes that were probably in the Civil War 
but they probably weren't. They were just old. I mean, they just looked like Civil War generals that were so old from the alcohol. And I'm like, dude, I'm not drinking. Man, that's, I see where you're going. And you know, we drop them off. And so I'm there, and it's American city. I'm an American, and I see this city that, you know, I've got friends, and I know people there, and I, I eat really good food there. And, and had really good times, good music. And I'm, I'm watching it just, and I was like, oh, right? So on the third day, I'm picking up this guy, and we slip off the uh, van that he was standing on, and I fall in the water, and I had a big gulp of all of this stuff, all right? I did the same thing in Africa in 2000. Fell off a hut and bleh, right? All right, so imagine sewage. Imagine everything's in your house, everything's in your car, dead bodies. Uh, lake Pontchartrain is a brackish lake. Ugh. Right? I'm just swimming in all that. I'm watching alligators eat bodies. It's bad. It was gooey. It had a water appearance to it, but it had the consistency of like almost done jello. I mean, it was bad. And so after that, I couldn't eat anything for 21 days. I was sick. I was dying. I'm popping a modium so I can get through the day. I don't tell anybody that I'm dying. Um, at night, I'm just letting it run its course. I'm just drinking Gatorade, water, and Dr. Pepper, right? The three main food groups I'm just like, trying to get through, all right? On the sixth day, we pick up a guy who's having a triple A. Can't do anything for him. All I do is shield his eyes, oxygen, and tell the pilot we got to fly faster. It's like, this is horrible. We drop him off, and I'm in the back of the helicopter, and in my mind, I'm like, how many other people are out there having heart attacks because they wouldn't give us any meds. There's nothing I can do for triple A anyway, but who's not getting treatment because the government's afraid that we're gonna get sued. So they're just like, well, so I'm flying around, right? Two hours later, pick up this drunk guy who's kind enough to tell us that his uh, neighbors, that nobody knows are there. So imagine, I'm in a Blackhawk, I've got my fingers through the loops of a drunk dude who's like, right there. <laughs> he's leaning out of the helicopter and I'm like, what are you gonna do? Just hold my, okay, okay, boom, you're good. All right, I go down. And I pick up, there's a lady been in a coma for seven years. I pick her up, drag her out, give them a boom, take her up, go back, pick up her sister, right? Flying to New Orleans. I'm like, how many people are out there that their neighbor isn't kind enough to say, hey, can we go help my neighbor? Be coherent enough. Yeah, like he wasn't that drunk. I can tell you some funny <laughs> drunk stories about people. Because, I mean, what are you gonna do? Hurricane just took everything, you know, they're just like, whatever. I'm like, okay. You guys good? Yeah, we're good. All right. <laughs> there was guys hanging out on this uh, on one of the um, bridges. They were fine. They didn't want anything. They're like, "No, nah, we're good. Just check on us every couple of days." We're like, "Okay." <laughs> so we check in. Like, "Yeah, we're good." I'm like, "All right." Just sitting in whatever parked cars were there, and there was a liquor store at the bottom of the thing, and they just had gone down there and just hanging out. <laughs> so it's noon. And I'm like having the worst day of my life. I'm unhappy, sad, I'm like wanting to burn something down, but it's already on fire, so there's nothing I can do. <laughs> and we go and we come around, we're just northeast of the Super Bowl, Superdome, and we come around this uh, grove of trees and I see his family walking out into the, the street, the water's about the waist high. And so I'm like, hey, so they put me down. And so what I like to do is I like to go down inverted, and so I come down and then I, I land, right? I grew up on Mary Lou Retton, and uh, Michaela Maroney is actually my cousin, so gymnastics is in the family. And so I do that, and I'm like, and they're looking at me like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm like, did you pay your taxes this year? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> I get a refund. <laughs> right? And I look down, and I see this beautiful little girl, 
and she's got pigtails and she's got a big old smile. And I'm like, I haven't seen a smile in days, right? I'm dying, I'm unhappy, I'm very angry. And she's smiling. I'm like, you ever been on a helicopter? And she's like, no. I said, you wanna go on a helicopter? She's like, yeah. <laughs> so I wrap her up and we're going up and as we're going up the hoist, she's wiggling out of my arms trying to like, there's my house, there's my school, there's my, you know, and I'm just like, because I don't want to be the guy who got some little girl killed. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, no. So I get her up, uh, I tell her, you know, I'm like, look, you look through this window, don't come back to this side, look through the window, watch down everybody. I go down and I pick up the rest of her family. I get up and we're in the helicopter and her mom's crying, right? Helicopters are loud, there's a lot going, she'd never been on a helicopter, she's afraid of heights anyway. Um, and the little girl starts rubbing her mom's back and she says, it's okay, mom, we're safe now. Right? But she wasn't just talking to her mother, she was talking to me. Right? I'm not in Afghanistan, nobody's trying to kill me. I'm safe, I'm okay. So you know, we have like a 10 minute conversation because we're, we drop them off pretty quick. <clears throat> and when we land, when I go to take her off the plane, she wraps me up in this hug and I didn't feel any pain. My head didn't hurt, my heart didn't hurt, nothing hurt. And then I put her down filled up my cup, and I had another six hours of flying around picking up people, right? So wherever you can, like the universe knew I needed a hug that day. I was having a very bad day. So be open to people maybe giving you a hug or just saying, hey, are you all right? Hey, thanks for asking. I'm okay, right? Or I'm not okay. And, and as soldiers, as NCOs, as whatever, you're gonna have people come talk to you and be like, dude, I'm having a bad day. Maybe it's a five minute conversation. Maybe it's like, hey, I'm fighting with my spouse. Or, hey, uh, I should have bought that car, uh, you know, whatever. Or maybe it's like, whoa, you know, I don't have an answer for that, but let's go talk to the first sergeant or let's go talk to the Red Cross or let's go talk to, if for us to be the Air Force Aid Society, there's some, or the chaplain. There is somebody, and that's the beauty of the military, is somebody has an answer, right? Somebody has gone through what you've gone through. Somebody knows something. All we gotta do is find them. So. Be that for somebody, you know. I mean, how many chances do you give a, a good soldier? As many as it takes. There was a, a, an airman, by the time my buddy gets to being his supervisor, he's like the worst airman ever. So in the Air Force, if they want to get rid of you, they just keep transferring you to a different person every 90 days. That person writes you an appraisal, says how horrible you are, and within like six months, they can get rid of you, right? They just got to keep doing that. So he shows up, and he's like, <laughs> this guy can't be that bad. Like he's going through, and he goes back a year late uh, before, and his appraisals are all fives. For us, that's the good thing. Firewall fives. So he's so he calls that supervisor, and he's like, "Hey, uh, I got you know Aaron so and so. Um, you were his last good appraisal. Like what happened?" And he says, "Oh, his mom killed herself in front of him." Nobody said, "Hey, dude, how are you? Hey, dude, can we go to mental health? Hey, how are like anything?" and they just started writing them up, right? I'm not saying that there aren't dirtbag airmen or dirtbag soldiers, but why are they? Pull on that string, open that onion, see what's going on before you make a judgment call on people, right? Sometimes people are just having a bad day. I was having very bad days between 2013 and 2016. I'm reasonably good now, I think. <laughs> Getting better every day though, because I'm working on it, I'm trying and my intentions are good and there's no malice. I didn't mean to piss everybody off, it just, I was so pissed off in my own head, I didn't know what was going on. So, 
talk to people, get to know people, see what's going on, and then make your judgment. <laughs> or don't judge, because there's only one person going to judge us, you know, and be like, so I don't judge anybody or say nothing. I mean, I talk a lot of shit, but there's no judgment <laughs> in it, because I'm like, I don't want anyone looking at me going, dude, what about you? So do the best you can, get rest at night, drink water, make friends, um, and live a long, happy life. Any questions? So does anyone know what our strongest uh, ability is in the military? Or our best ability? Adaptability. Adaptability, I like it. But where do we learn adaptability? In the debrief. In the after. In the we've, we've survived, how did it go, what did we learn? And then maybe we made a bunch of mistakes. But the next time we go out, we don't make the same mistakes. So make sure share the knowledge, spread the wealth, help each other out, teach what you know, so that way we can all get home and have DV and drive through lights and piss everybody off. <laughs> no questions? No? All right, well thank you for your time. It was my pleasure, I enjoyed it. I uh, hope you did too. If you have any questions or need me at any time, uh, I got some cards, or you can find me on the internet if you just put Mike Maroney. Um, I do YouTube videos on how to swim and how to train to be a special forces kind of person. But I also now, I'll train anybody. I don't care what you want to do. But I like the water, and that's why I said there's moderation all things but underwaters. Because uh, anyone done a sensory deprivation tank? It's the most beautiful thing you'll ever do, right? It's salt water. It's uh, about maybe a foot. You lay in it. You're in a, um, don't get a cabin. Get the, the big rooms, right? I'm a small person, so I can only imagine I like, I can spin in this thing all the way around. <laughs> That's how much room there is. Some of you guys are taller, which is the other thing. If you're short, be happy, right? You're a smaller target. They're not going to shoot you. They're going to go for the bigger person. So, look, they're not going to shoot me. <laughs> That's that always my thought. But So I'm in this thing, and there was a shoot probably about two years ago. I was very angry that day. And so she's like, I booked you uh, a session. And I'm like, my hair is on fire. Like, I am just angry. And I, there's a lot of anger, I don't know. <laughs> so I walk into this capsule, and I shut the door, and it's soundproof. And I couldn't hear anything, and it was just peaceful and quiet. And I laid down in the thing, turned off the light, and I went to sleep. Best 45-minute naps of my life are in this thing. All right, say so you can't afford a sensory deprivation tank. They're awesome. They're probably about 60 bucks an hour. Um, excuse me. In um, San Antonio, there's a place that gives to vets on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can go in there for free. So if anyone lives in San Antonio. Yeah, what's it called? <laughs> <laughs> super interesting. Like, All right. It's amazing. It's, uh, it's called San Antonio Float. SA Float. All right. Uh, they're on. There's two of them. Yeah, there's one by La Cadera. Um, so. Say you can't afford a sensory deprivation. Go find a river, go find a lake, go find the ocean, and just go find a pool. Just lay in it, and I promise you, it is so quiet and it's so nice, and all the things will float away, right? Um, a lot of people are like, well, I don't like meditating, or I don't like whatever. I, I Peace and quiet is what you need. There's too much noise out there and in here, so. Anything you can do to quiet it down, I suggest it, right? Try, it, 
even if, so they say, oh, you should do a mini, right? You start off with a mini. What they're trying to do is they're just trying to get you to start to do it. And, and if you fall asleep during a meditation or whatever, then that's what you needed, right? Whatever your body needed, it's fine. I've slept through entire 90-minute yoga classes because the number one rule and the only rule of hot yoga is that you have to stay on your mat, right? A lot of people hear a lot of scary things about hot yoga. I, so I found hot yoga in, when I was 30. I, um, I won three free um, sessions off a radio call-in show as a third caller. And you're like, you won three free yoga lessons. I'm like, oh, dude, that'd be awesome. So in the indoctrination course that I was an instructor at for eight years and where I went through three times in a row, uh, they tried to drown. I drowned six times. I drowned. One of my best days, I drowned seven dudes, made three dudes cry, and four dudes quit. And I was pretty happy. It was a great day. <laughs> and so this is what this, this is. So I'd already been a PJ for 10 years, nine years, and I'm upside down, and my nose is filling full of sweat. And I'm like, I'm going to drown on land. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> like, this is the craziest thing ever. And I look over, and there's a dude that looks like Frankenstein. I mean, he's got scars everywhere. And usually I'm very polite. I don't ask questions. But when we got done, I asked him, like, what happened? <laughs> and he says, when I was 35, I was in a car accident, and they said, you never walk. And, I, and I'm looking, and he looks 35. I'm like, okay. He goes, for the first year, all I did was lay in the back. I go, okay. And he goes, second year, start trying to do stuff. Third year, he's doing pretty good. And he'd been doing it for 15 years. And I'm like, sir, you look 35. He says, I'm 50. And I was sold on hot yoga at that moment. I'm like, bam, dude, I want to look like you when I'm 50. So uh, I'm 85. <laughs> I'm 46, and I'm very happy. But uh, you never want to look your age, right? You, you always want people to go, oh, you look younger. And then you know, even if you only get a year or two, at least versus like, you know. And you know, like, I'm happy that they threw me out or fired me in 2016 because if not, I'd still be in that job, still with the dude, still in the thing. One time, uh, one of the guy's wives, we were all cracking jokes and talking shit, and she was like, you guys think you're normal. I'm like, yeah. She was because you only hang out with each other. And it made me go, duh. Like, hang out with anybody and everybody, straight, gay, black, white, Republican, Democrat, whatever. Hang out with as many people as you can, so that way you understand as many different points of view as you can, so that way you can understand as many experiences and understand as many people. So that way you're like, right? I don't have all the answers. I don't know anything. But I'm able to, this is why I went to uh, Navy Jumpmaster School, right? I couldn't do the Army because you guys have too many nomenclature that I had to remember and I couldn't do it. But in the Navy, at Jumpmaster, you just had to go, wrong, and then continue. And as long as you knew that it was wrong, they didn't care, right? I'm, I'm a rock, right? This is how I learned, very slowly. <laughs> and Jumpmaster was a very hardcore, paramedic almost, I f forgot how to breathe, paramedic was so hard, right? I forgot Spanish. Uh, sometimes when I'm laughing, she has to like remind me to breathe because I will forget to breathe, and that's how hard some of the schools work. So I'm not talking to you from somebody who's like smart. I'm talking to you from somebody who has to work with medicine as well, and treat your treat your patient, and do the best you can. And I'll stop talking. <laughs> so thank you very much. I'm gonna, so I don't drink, but what I do 
is I have a lot of friends that do drink, so when they come over, I'm set. So thank you for helping me be set. Um, but if you guys ever need anything, please, um, starting away, you've got my number, or like I said, find me on the internet, or uh, if you really need help, uh, my wife is a counselor, and uh, we, we have a thing called Waves of Change, and we're trying to help vets and people, because what you need to do is repurpose yourself you know, you're no longer the soldier you were when you get old and you get out. You need, so what we do is we use old guys with the young people and have them talk to them. And so that way they can learn the lessons that they've already learned and help them maybe not, you know, make as many mistakes. <clears throat> so they make new mistakes. Because <laughs> you're going to make mistakes, but that's all right. Just don't make the same ones. So awesome. Cool.